first and foremost, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the aesthetics. I'm excited yeah. about the aesthetics. Like, this is a new vibe. I always got to shout out my main man, B Visuals. Why? Just go. because he's the guru behind every single thing that people witness when they tune into this podcast. So, look, check it out. This is the Un- Unselfish Behavior Podcast. You already know what it is. It is yet another episode, and you already know what the focus is. The focus is bringing on the top LA-based influencers and creatives, right. and we inspire and empower through storytelling and through sharing different perspectives. Today, we got a very, very, very special guest. This brother I've known about for some years now. We've go. obviously known people in the same circle. We're from the same city. That is the best city in the world, just in case anybody out there really got it fucked up. We've represented LA right here. All representing right. South Central LA, I got my main man, DJ L Double E, yeah. in the building. On the Unselfish Behavior Podcast. Welcome, my guy. I appreciate Appreciate you, bro. My man. How you feeling? What you doing? What's going on with you? How was your day, (laughs) nigga? What you eating? Man, what I eat today? Um, I had a chicken, grilled chicken Caesar salad. (laughs) I ain't never started like that. On the real. What else I had? Come Uh, on. Baked potato. Come on. You know, with some some toppings. Yeah, come on. Uh, Come on, now. Homemade at that. Come on. I missed out on one yesterday. Yeah, man. And then, uh, you know, I got my medicine ball. Keep the voice right. Gotta have that. Gotta have that. Um, That's all I ate today, man. I skipped (sighs) breakfast. And I hate skipping breakfast. My God. It's childish. I, I skip breakfast faithfully every single day, and it's not even intentional. Oh man. It's just like nigga, I'm not hungry. Like I'm, I wake that. up and I'm not I know it's bad, bro. It, it ain't bad. about being hungry. You just I know you need bad. your nutrients, man. Right when I wake up too. You I know yourself at this Even if it's a little smoothie or something. Yeah, get that. Yeah, get you that smoothie that. in me. Get yeah, you yeah, some yeah, carbs, yeah. man. Yeah, something. Get your day going. Something. So you feel yeah, a lot better. It's it's crazy because I've been like that literally since I've been little. Your boy King Q just don't fuck with breakfast, nigga. Like, Dang, I remember for my, real? man, what? Since I've been little, bro, like they'll give me breakfast in the morning at school. I'm turning that down. I was the I was the kid at school. I don't know if you remember, bro. Yeah, I'm sure you remember. '90s babies are in the building right now. Do you remember them thick 86. ass? Listen to me. '96, '86. You still a '90s baby though, nigga. You know who Doug Funny is. Come you know on. who Hey Arnold is. Come you know on. who Cousin Skeeter is. Come you know on. who Amanda Bynes is. Come Can on. we go on and on? Like yeah. you already know. You yeah. know the deal, right? Right. So when I was Wild like, and crazy kids. Come on now, talk about it, right? But what I'm saying is, when we was in school, bro, I'm not sure if you remember them big ass boards of fucking lunch tickets, them yellow ones. Yeah, yellow Them yellow joints. I was the kid that was giving the motherfuckers out in line just because I didn't want no breakfast in the morning. Oh, see, you and then breakfast used to be slamming. Yeah, you see, was you was taking nigga shit. Nah, I was selling them. Come on, <laughs> in elementary, I, I got them things them. for you, twenty five cent. Oh uh, nah, man, mine was like five. Five dollars? Come on, Jack. Oh, come on now. Yeah. Huh? Entrepreneur in the blood? Always been like that. I love it. I love it. It's funny. I always share a story when I was in middle, when I was in elementary school, my moms did not give us money to eat at school, right? Yeah. So you had you had the school little, I'm not sure what you would call it. What did you call them motherfucking places? You would have like the little, you'd have the obviously the cafeteria, and then you would have like the student student store? Student store. There you go. You'd have the student store, right? And you could buy little snacks and shit. We'll ask our mom for money. And she would tell us, I'm not giving you no money. Y'all got to make y'all own money at school. So what she would do is she would go to fucking uh, Smart and Final over there on Pico and, uh, Pico and Western. Okay. We'll go up in there. She'll get us a box of popsicles, right? I'm sorry, not popsicles, lollipops. And she'll give us all one, right? Boom, 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 boom. She'll give us like probably 10, 15. Go sell them for 25 cents at school and that's going to be your lunch money. So like, I think unintentionally my mom was, was breeding an entrepreneur without even knowing it. So my whole Damn. life, bro, all the way up to when I was in high school, I'm making 80 to $90 a day. And then my mom taught me how to shoot dice when I was in ninth grade. So now I'm flipping my money. That's a story for another day, huh? We just right. we, we going into it. We going into yeah. it. But we gotta get into meat and potatoes. We got my main man DJ L 
Double E in the building, yeah. representing LA. I want to jump. I always like to jump in. Made with in my, Los Angeles. Made in see. Los Angeles. Come you on now, it. it's the best city in the world. I tell people that all the time. You got to understand it. And we're talking about real LA. No yeah. disrespect to no, nobody yeah. else. No disrespect. Not the no disrespect. We're not talking about the outskirts of LA. Nah, no, bro, it's not disrespect. Just None. call a spade a spade. It's just it's, it's what it is. Yeah. It's what it is. Three two three two one. That part. Three. That part. 310-424. That's that part, it. That's that all part. I'm rolling with. When niggas start getting on a 626 and an 818, I don't even know what that is. I don't yeah, know where you 562, at. 562, y'all can keep that. Y'all keep that. We don't know where that's at. So my main man right here representing South Central LA, yep. you are a DJ, right? And one thing that I want to try to get the audience to understand is the depths and the, and the, and the insight of what that lifestyle looks like behind the just being a DJ. Because I feel like that's very vague. Right, I feel like DJs are creatives. DJs are, in a sense, producers. They have an ear for music to where the average person wouldn't have. They control mm -hmm. the energy of people. They are observant and of, of hundreds of thousands of people right at one time. Talk to us a little bit about starting off. We already know what you do, what you stand for, why you do what you do, and how you got started in doing what you do. Um, man, I, I stand for... Um I stand for fairness. Love it. Uh, I definitely stand for that. And I also, I'm a fun DJ. Mm. You know, when when you book me to DJ something, it's more so of an experience and not just like execution of a job. There we go. You know, because uh, sometimes I've been in situations with corporate sponsors or, you know, what have you, where I couldn't DJ DJ. Mm -hmm. I was more so background music and everybody around me like, well, it's a check. But, like, that's cool. But to me, it's bigger than that because, mm -hmm. like, I really need people to understand and know why I'm here mm -hmm. and what I do and why I do it and why I got here, mm -hmm. you know, because of my skill set. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely stand for fairness. You know, I always want to educate up-and-coming DJs or DJs that think they made it. Yeah. Like, let them just, like, give them help because, like, we don't know everything. And right. oftentimes you want – you kind of wish you had people to tell you certain things, but – like, you know, people don't. Right, right, right. And so you just want to make sure you stay on your P's and Q's and not your S's and U's. That part, that part. I like that. Come um, on, man. Play on words. And then, uh, come on, come Jack. On DJ. Right, come on now. Um, DJ LA, that's that type of lingo, huh? We just here with it. Yep. Um, and how I got started. Yes, sir. Um, I got started in college. Me and my roommate, we used to host parties, throw parties. And one time we threw a party and the party was unsuccessful. It flopped. You know, it was like a handful of people there. But because of integrity we still paid the dj and i thought to myself like dang man i'm on the wrong end of the stick like mm. i need to get on this dj tip mm. so the guy that we had that was our dj he lived in the same dorm room as me uh, i'm sorry yeah yeah dorm as me his dorm room was across the hall from mine right on. so i would go over there practice ask him questions and stuff like that and then when i graduated i just kind of left it alone right mm. then um I just started promoting in LA, just getting my name out there, mm -hmm. being on the scene, moving back home and stuff like that from Virginia. And then um, what happened? How did I get back into? Oh, so crazy. I got on a phone call, like on a four way call. It was my homie in from college. I'm sorry, from high school, DJ artistic and my other homie uh, Dunny. Mm -hmm. And we were all on the phone. We were trying to plan like this HBCU event. But Ron was a DJ mm. and like he was he just got back from FAMU. So me and him, we hit it off. We like lived not too far from each other at the time. And so uh, I would just practice with him. Mm -hmm. You know, when he was practicing, I would practice. We would like give each other tips and different things like that. 
but he was more advanced than what I was at the time. Even gotcha. though we had both just started, he had like way he more. He knew a little bit more right. starting off. Exactly. Gotcha. So what happened was, um, because I'm pretty popular in the city, people started to say like, oh, you DJ now? I'm all like, uh, I think so. Right. So they would call me to DJ. They would book me to DJ, but I would bring him. Because I didn't really know what I was doing, but I wasn't going to leave a bag on the table. Right, right, right. We're about to so, get it. Exactly. So, right? Entrepreneur mentality. Yep. So, let me bring my homie. He going to DJ. You going to get a DJ that's way better than hmm. me. Me and him, we both getting paid, but now I'm getting paid to learn how to DJ. Mm, and they don't even know it. Come on, Jack. That's the type of confidence that that I love, though. I love hearing stories to where it's like you 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 have to be prepared for the opportunity. Even whether or not, like, even if you're in, in that scenario, you weren't even prepared, but you were willing to say yes anyway. Come on. I just made a video today centered around that type of shit to where it's like, stop saying no or stop running away from things that are attached to fear. Right. I'm sure that wasn't like an easy situation for you. I'm sure it's like some fear behind that. Like, OK, yeah, whatever the case may be, they think I'm X, Y and Z. But I'm going to say yes to it anyway. Come up with a strategic plan. Bring my homeboy in. We both getting paid. But you literally are paying me to train. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Because at the same time, regardless if it's me or not, you still need a DJ that part. You still need yes, music. Sir. So let me provide you with somebody that's way better. Mm -hmm. And I'm still acquiring that skill set. Yeah, you're and, uh, you're in a you're in an economy proof field. Like you think so? what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> at what point in life is music ever not going to be needed for an experience? True enough. Like but, when? When? Like it never has been. But unfortunately, bro, some people really don't understand that music makes something what it is. Mm. Uh, weddings, you know, when you go to a wedding, people, the average person, don't expect good wedding food. If yeah. the wedding is at a hotel or a venue, you can't right. have outside Some caters. Cater shit, yeah. There's not a high expectation for, for wedding food. You know you're going to have food, but it's not that high expectation, right? right, right? right. Now, when it comes to music, you got to nail it because the the preacher could mess up on the couple's names. Right. Uh, they could start late. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, the food could be bad. All these other things, but if the music is good and so, people have a good time, that's what people gonna that, remember. Exactly, and that's why I always create an experience. You mm -hmm. know, I always go above, above and beyond. Always very charismatic on the mic, uh, making sure my personality shows not only Love through it. the mic but through through my music, you know, mm -hmm. and I let the music work for me. I don't work for the music, Jack. Mm, I love it. Yeah. I love it. What makes you a DJ? I know a lot of people, with me being an event producer as well, I know a lot of DJs, but I, I see a distinct difference between certain DJs to where I'm like, okay, this person is clearly just here for the bread. Mm -hmm. This person is over there dancing and shit, like with the people, like they're creating an energy beyond just pressing a button. What's the difference between DJs in your eyes and button pushers. What's that look like? Ooh. Come on, talk about it, huh? Huh? I had to go there. I had to go there. Cause look, it's an observation that I see, and I know if I see it, I know a lot of other people see it as well. Yeah, you know. And what you've been in that world, I want to know what that looks like. Man, a real DJ is someone that's first and foremost professional. Mm -hmm. You know, you show up on time, you have your gear together. Right. Um you know, and you understand what's being asked of you, right on. but you also know how to please your stakeholders, mm -hmm. which is your the person that booked you, the event planner. Right on. You know how to tap into the the venue owner. Come on. The the venue manager, making sure you do a well enough job for them to say, hey, you know, I like this kid. You know, 
uh, being professional and courtesy to anybody, everybody you come in contact with, right? From security to the sound to the sound team, top to bottom, uh, the bartenders, mm. even the parking lot attendant, bro. Mm. This is just things I've learned Love over it. the years as a DJ versus a button pusher. Like they just get booked because they may have, you know, X the amount of followers on social for, media. Got you, got you, got you. you know, they may bring a couple of a handful of nice young ladies, but like that's it. They really don't curate a vibe. You know, mm -hmm. I could go a whole party without playing one Beyonce song, mm -hmm. one Drake song, mm -hmm. one Future song one the baby song and rock mm. that shit because that's what i do that part like my i just know how to grab music bro people mm. forget about songs and people yeah. just want to stick to the same playlist and just press this button and make it go and unfortunately that's not the case mm. and also man real djs you know how to read a crowd there we go you know we just not set in our ways and i mean i try not to speak for everybody but more so just speaking yeah. from my personal experience mm -hmm. and the the core djs that are around me and we're for the people and and it's about the music you know the music is bigger than me absolutely you know um i wouldn't be a dj if it wasn't music absolutely if it wasn't for the artist if it wasn't for the producer the engineer the a and r right. that that put the love behind it but right. you know like i wouldn't be doing like we all need each other absolutely and button pushers are the like i just feel like they just literally pressing a button and just they don't even beat mats it ain't no scratching mm -hmm. it is it's no it's no art behind it bro there we go there it's, we go it's that's no exactly what i'm about to talk it. about djing is an art form 1000 percent. right talk to me about how much work goes into actually being a student of music behind the scenes right what does that look like and then how do you implement your own levels of creativity into what you do Right? Why is DJ LWE different than any other DJ? What's his process look like? I'm gonna I'm go there. I got I gotta go yeah. there. I wanna know what um, that look like. Man, it's just the energy mm -hmm. and like I keep saying, with me it's a whole experience. Right. You create it, an experience. It's it's literally experience like no matter what's going on, like the lights go off. It could be five DJs up there. I'll do everything to make sure you remember my set. There we go. Um, just because I I gotta, you know, I I know what to do. Right. And to prepare and have like great music, first and foremost, to be a good student, you gotta have discipline. Come on. And talk about that. Uh not only DJs, but people in general, you know, that's one characteristic that a lot of people lack in life. So they are gonna lack that in other places in it's life too. Show exactly yeah so if you don't have the discipline and do what it takes to bring in somebody else's gear just so you can see how they think with their music with their set uh traveling mm. okay this is what they listen to over here okay this mm. is what they listen to there in miami go. there we go and then tap into other djs y'all share music right. you know you just be humble yeah and just just take notes you know you they got they got shazam for you, you could open up your notepad and write like Okay, I hear this song. Now I know five other songs that could go with that. There we go. Now, how could I take this song to stay at this level or go a step higher and then higher than that? Because like oftentimes when I'm when I'm in my zone zone, bro, I'll be like six, eight songs ahead. Mm. Like it's like telling the future almost. Come on. Like I can make you feel you how I want know you to feel. To go yeah, One thousand yeah, yeah. percent, bro. And that's based on I'm a professional and this is yeah. what the fuck I do, bro. That part. Like this is something God has instilled me. This is like I a love gift. It. Love it. That this was a hustle that turned into a gift. 
And I'm just like, I'm I'm being thankful for it. Because yeah. I was disobedient. I'm not going to lie. And we all have been there. But um, now there. I'm just like tapping into it. And I was in a position to leave my job like like probably like two, three years ago. Love it. And never looked back. Love it. Never looked back. We, we need more people like you. And this that, that right there, what you just said, is exactly why this is a guest-based podcast. They can hear my stories all day. But once you have people out there looking for something, we're surrounded by people bro that's looking for answers there's people out here that feel as though they have a special calling and they know that they're gifted they know that they're talented but they're not trusting it they, they gotta tap into themselves, bro there we go talk they about got, that they gotta believe in them and that was like my whole motto for 2019 all the content i post like if you look at my uh social media from january actually december 31st right on till now you just see like the whole thing just believing in you mm. and and just having that trust in yourself right on like just understanding god has put certain tools around you and shaped you and mold you to be mm. exactly where you're supposed to be at right now for this moment there we go and this time but we get in our own way mm. and we're afraid to accept that yeah and unfortunately that doesn't help us elevate, mm -hmm. you know, and then we start to ask why we start to get dis, uh, discouraged mm -hmm. and we don't believe in ourselves, bro. And, and the answers be within ourselves. It just be yeah. right there. We just got to dig deep and say, like, this is what I'm going to go with. And I saw a meme the other day, you know, and it said, like, you need to listen to your intuition more because that's God talking to you. Absolutely. I, I, I firmly believe that. And if you do that. When you walk in, what you said, you know, walking the line you're supposed to walk, like things fall in place. Mm -hmm. The money comes. Like I know it's hard to tell people that when they don't see that. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't see beyond the problems of today. They can't see beyond yeah. the nine to five. They yeah. can't see beyond the night job. Like just know, like if you stay ten toes and you stay focused and you stay disciplined and you stay humble, like towards your craft or towards you know towards what, what you're doing yeah what you're doing is gonna happen it's supposed to happen yeah it's that's already, all it takes i always say we just give up my, my, my motto bro is it's already written come on it's already written i say that all the time bro it's already written and and the, like you said the humility the consistency the the, the patience is huge yeah. because we're in a generation where everybody wants everything tomorrow nah, man. right you have to understand this shit how long you been djing nine years bro and at what point did you really start seeing true shifting like, damn, I'm in a room with so-and-so. Or, damn, I'm like, Word. this vehicle has taken me here. At what point did that hit you to where it's like, oh, shit? I think, like, probably, like, <clears throat> year four. Wow, look at that. Yeah, like, year yeah. four. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I did DJ as a hobby. I had a nine-to-five. I had mm -hmm. jobs. Absolutely. But, like, for me to say, like, oh, this could really be something. Oh, I just got booked to do this with VH1. Oh, I just got booked for this fashion show, you know, and they calling me just because of not who i know but who know me there we go you know you start to build relationships while you're walking on the journey of uh, of being in your purpose right people see you plant the seed so now you bro. ain't you ain't got to reach out to nobody because people see you in your craft and with you being a dj i can imagine with with you being an entertainer that's also a form of entertainment do you get that element when you on stage as a DJ? Hell yeah, it's part of my show. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, when I, when, when I go out, when I it's, go out. It's part I, of my you, show. You leaving me hanging, bro. Oh, hanging. I'm sorry, Jack. Give me some juice, nigga. I'm, I'm sorry, juice, Jack. Give me some juice. So, so what I'm, but what I'm saying is this, bro. When I go to the club or when I go to a lounge or when I go somewhere to where the DJ is like, you could feel their energy, bro. That shit is entertaining. Yeah. And back in the day, as we know, the early 80s, the early 90s, 
the art form of being a DJ was really about the scratching. It was really about, you know what I'm saying? It was yep. really about the mixing. It was about the scratching. How do you think it's evolved away from that? Because you don't get too much of that now from DJs. Is that a is that a rarity? Is that is is that something that's kind of like looked at as for DJs? It's kind of like old school. We don't do that no more. How's that looked at? Um, not for DJs, but for the consumer, for the people that participate in these events. Right on, bro. They don't care. They don't fuck with that. Huh? They it's it's all like, what does it sound like? Yeah. Are you playing the songs I want to hear? Right. Is it being played in a timely manner? There we go. And like. And could I look good on my Instagram or or Snapchat story? Yeah. Are you not? Are you playing the best verse? Yeah. Like the scratching and the blending, people don't care about it. But when I do certain events, I do bring the turntables because it just adds that that more stamp, you know, that grit, that like, oh, you a DJ, DJ. Right. Like perfect example. I literally just got back from Oakland, California. Uh, I DJ Afrotech. Shout out to Blavity. Mm -hmm. And when they got the equipment for me. it was turntables mm-hmm. and the two guys the the sound guys at guitar center they were all like oh yeah whoever this guy is like he's not fucking around he like he's shit. the real deal holy yeah, thing. Like, there we go. nobody's like asking for this like on their rider like you know a lot of people they have the the controllers and the mixers for convenience don't get me wrong like i i welcome it because i know time change uh technology is just more convenient mm-hmm. it's, it takes up less space it's easier right, to right, set right, up right, right. you know it makes sense um it's convenient bro right but at the same time i need my turntables right i need to get on that vinyl i need my my fingers to be on vinyl there we go you there know. we go that's about a smile on my man face <laughs> I, I need my fingers to be on that I, vinyl yeah huh? man it's just, it, it just a different vibe yeah and and yeah. people respect you a lot more yeah a lot more yeah a lot yeah, more yeah i love it you mentioned wealth you mentioned not 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 wealth, but you mentioned money, which I associate with wealth. I think it's obviously a difference between being rich and wealthy. One thousand percent. When you talk about wealth, I think about generational passing. That's what I think about when I think about wealth. Same. What is what's what 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 do we need as a people? And when I say as a people, I'm talking about young black entrepreneurs. This generation of of people. I know that you've seen entrepreneurship in the black community is booming right now and it has been for the last few years, which I love by the way. But how do we start to focus more on the generational wealth aspect of getting money and not just getting money and spending it on shit that's actually liabilities and not assets? Yeah. Um simple answer, bro, life insurance. There we go. That's it. Mm-hmm. How would you how different would your life be if you had a great aunt great uncle or auntie that that passed, passed away you on something and and they you had twenty thousand in the bank mm-hmm. off gp yeah and your parents were good stewardships over finances and passed that knowledge along mm-hmm. to you so generational wealth comes from being able to transfer capital and right. and capital not only being the money and and uh assets but the knowledge mm-hmm. you know it's a lot of things I know, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but I went to college. I was a business major um, when I graduated from high school, you know, honor roll student. But I've always been into numbers. I've always been into financing. Right. But that started at home. See, what happened was talk about it. my mother, she was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. And so growing up during the summer, she used to force me to read books, write her book reports. So by the time I was in the sixth grade, I was reading at like a ninth, tenth grade level. Nice. But I hated reading. Mm. I still hate reading wow. to this day, yeah, yeah, yeah. but 
you throw some math in front of me, you, throw, you throw some calculus in front of me, some some AP statistics, some math analysis, some trigonometry, mm -hmm. some statistics or whatever. Like it's game it over. get done in like ten minutes. Love it. Like oh, uh, like yeah, we're the opposite. Calculator, right? like yeah, hey, we the we the opposite. <laughs> so so you so you the brother I'd have been sitting next to during the test. Like yo, my man, help your boy out. I'm over here struggling on the math. Oh no, nah, we would have been cheating, bro. We would already <laughs> have figured out before we went into class. We would already have figured I'm saying, out the bro, whole game plan. For me, I was I've I've been reading my whole. I love reading, uh -huh. and it's not even from the. I, okay, so I'm not gonna lie to you. I love reading from the knowledge aspect of it. I love learning new things, right? But obviously, one of the best ways to learn is through reading. I don't like the actual process of reading and sitting down. I associate that shit with being boring. It doesn't stick for me. So I usually mm -hmm. get audio books and I usually get the audio book and then get the hard copy book and then just follow along while the audio book is going. Yeah, right? That, that don't usually work, work for me. That don't work for you either? Nah, I, I, I don't have like, I don't have the time to just sit there and read something. Mm. Like yeah. even on my phone, bro. Right, right, just, right, right, right. It just doesn't translate for me. I'm better off like talking to somebody and getting right. the actual Now I'd rather go have a Q&A with the Arthur Right, and, right, right. And get a depth understanding. But that's sure how I was too. in school, too. Like, uh, that's dope, in, though. in college, I didn't study. Yeah. I didn't study. Um, I would go to class. I would ask questions. I would do my work, my homework, and I would go to the professor's office after hours right. and pick their brain. So that way, I was way more prepared for when the test came along because I, I could articulate what the lessons were without having to read the material. Do you think parents should embrace allowing kids learning abilities to to kind of be tailored around what works for them opposed to being in a school system and i know i'm taking you on a complete fucking time okay, it's all good but I, I, this is just how my brain work it went straight to kids i'm like yo when i hear you say that i embrace that i love that i love the fact that this form of learning didn't work for you but it can it can work for somebody but obviously growing up in the school system, especially the public school system, you don't have a choice. Everybody's forced to learn the same way. And if you're not able to sit down and stay focused, then they associate you with being ADHD and these different labels and stigmas that they have, especially in the black and brown community. Do you think that parents, especially in this generation, these younger parents, right, should embrace more of their kids being able to do what works for them? I think we're in an age right now to where millennials are in charge of the culture. Right. Would you agree the youth and, 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 and millennials are in charge of the movement? Right. So for you, you're a millennial. We young. We saying, look, we breaking the mold. We don't want to work a nine to five and just get a 401k and die. We're looking to actually do the things we love. Right. So my question is staying on track. Do you think that parents today should embrace their kids learning on their own kind of standard or, or should it do you think a form of learning should be forced upon students what do you think um first and foremost i'm not a parent so my no but my, yeah, yeah you still my, you, yeah. i know you're not but it's, uh, you, you i still think got that you know what i'm saying um my honest opinion is no yeah the reason why it's no is because as you get older some things i was uncomfortable with as a child right i'm comfortable with as a adult but if I had things my way as a child, yeah. I wouldn't have had that experience to prepare me for certain things as an adult. It's right. just like children want to stay up late. You know, obviously your go. parents know better than what, like, we just like, now nah, I want to watch this show. But your parents know if know you, best for you. Exactly. If you go to sleep at a certain time, you'll be more alert for the following day. You'll be more mm. tentative. You'll be able to focus more. You'll be more active and different things like that. Um, so... 
you got to play with both but at the same time man you you need experience from everything like you got to yeah. take a dip from everything because right you just can't say oh well this is the only way that works and what if That's that right. one way is unavailable for I you i agree perfect example y'all ready y'all watching this y'all tapped in <laughs> we tapped in now fast forward what if the only way you make money is from instagram mm. what if your business solely relies on instagram it relies your open and close time your contact your dms that's the only way people could book you that's the only pay only way people can communicate with you this is just your one channel learning your one channel of gotcha. networking your one channel well what if facebook decide to shut down instagram shut that shit down what your, you gonna do your whole business is done what well, it's over for you mm. so this is why you gotta diversify yep you gotta be tapped in with facebook yep you gotta be tapped in with twitter yep you gotta be tapped in with uh reddit Love you it. gotta be tapped in with youtube linkedin all linkedin yep. your hold on your mm. your emails mm. that's the most important part of marketing come on in my contract when I do certain events, if it's a RSVP event, you don't pay for entry. It's in my contract to say I need those emails. So mm -hmm. that way, when I have an event, I could add them to my. There we go. Come on, Jack. There we go. So certain things like that, that goes to show if you only stick with one thing and one thing only, you miss other opportunities. Love it. So same thing as a child, you know, you want to introduce them to as many different ways of learning as possible. Mm. So that way they can get comfortable with stuff because the last thing you want is just rolling with this one way and they get to high school and they're forced to yeah. use another way of learning and, and they yeah. can't do it. And yeah. now they're a they problem stuck. in the class. They, the school's not for me. They right. become discouraged, low self-esteem, depression, anxiety, blah, 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 all because they weren't introduced to a different way of learning. Mm. You know, if you just show somebody this is how you get the answer on a calculator. Why show them how to write it out? Absolutely. When we was little, you know, long division. Absolutely. That's what. That's why I said, you know, that's one just one way and what they're comfortable with. Like that's cool. That could be like the starter. That could be your point guard. But like, yeah. you gotta you gotta finesse them. What's the pros and cons for the educational system with college? Because for me, I, I was always one of those students to where it was like. I've always had the mindset to where it's like, man, being in the class, listening to a lecture just ain't for me. Like, I just don't have that type of attention span to where it's like, I'm going to sit here. I'm like you said earlier, I'm I'm way better. I'm, I, I love to learn to where I can see what's happening. Just show me what's happening and then I'll pick it up like that. Right. And then I got it. But sitting there taking notes and I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep, big dog. Okay. What's the pros and cons to college? A lot of people feel like. You know, it's a business and you just go just to sign up for debt, but obviously you get education that comes with it. What's your experience? Uh, 90% pros, mm. 90% pro. First off, when you're talking about the classroom setting, mm. college is different because you're learning about stuff that you want to learn. You're interested about. in. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. So if you're interested in broadcasting, right? if you're interested in fashion, you if, all you're, if you're interested in in how the body works, mm -hmm. you know, if you're interested in how the mind works, interested in music, this is what you're studying. This is what you pick. That's right. You know, now, of course, you got your prereqs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you're feeding your brain to be able to to have all this knowledge and just to walk through life, like being able to navigate and figure it out with the knowledge that you have, you Love know, um, and it's just the networks, mm -hmm. like 
is is huge, bro. I can't tell you how many times I go somewhere and people show me love just because Crazy. I went to an HBC. What every what, time? What school you go to, bro? Norfolk State University. La, la, yeah, bro. Norfolk, Virginia. Say Behold it, the green and like gold. That, Act like, like that. You know. huh? yeah. Say it like that. Class of say, 08. Say your chest there, nigga. Yeah. Huh? I ain't mad at you. Yes, Class sir. of 08. I love it. I love um, it. But homecoming, oh, man, it's just a different experience. Uh, you just get to talk shit to people, and it's just like <laughs> always an inside joke no matter what. Right, right, right. Always a good icebreaker. Love it. So many doors have been open for me just because I was in that arena, even as a DJ. You know, if a HBCU theme party is thrown, if you didn't go to HBCU, chances are you 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 not on that list to get right. booked for the gig. That part, you know, um, and just being able to pass down tradition and knowledge of our culture of what we make it. Um, cons, I mean, shit. It just it just like the con for me mm -hmm. was just the time. You know, obviously, you know, college was four years. Right. But if I didn't go to college right out of high school, I probably was doing something I didn't have no business doing. Gotcha. You know, I, I just, it's just time. But what's funny is everybody that, like, literally everyone mm -hmm. that talked down about me going to college, talked down about me going to school in Virginia, like, discouraged me about that. Guess what? Come on. They in college now. Come on. Nice school. Ain't that something? Catching up. Picking my brain. It's mm -hmm. cool. But you know, you could have did that 10 years ago. Absolutely. Ain't that crazy? I how mean, shit, that how, was life. how important is it for the black culture, especially black kids, to embrace going to a HBCU? You when got you, to. There you go. You got I to. I love it. Talk about that. Um, because it's it just molds you. And there's certain things you get from an HBCU that you would get nowhere else in the world. Like what? I, I don't care if you go to a small HBCU or, or a larger HBCU mm -hmm. like my school. Um, camaraderie, bro. You know, like anytime I go somewhere, I got connects everywhere, every, everywhere in this everywhere. state, bro. Come on. Everywhere. Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, mm -hmm. the whole DMV. Right. Uh, Houston. Right. Uh, you name it. Um, I can't say the pros and cons of going to a PWI, but I know a lot of my friends that did go to those schools, they wish they had the opportunity to go to an HBC just for the authenticity and just the legacy and the the core experience. Soul Food Thursdays. Like nobody would never understand Soul Food Thursday if you didn't go to an HBCU. <laughs> Love it. Um just the battle of the bands. Come on. The 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 educated arguments we would have in a dorm in the dorm living room. Wow. Like boys versus girls type stuff and just like being there for different people when they lose family members. Mm. You know, you uh us looking out for each other when people go home for the weekend, you get in rides at Walmart and stuff wow. like You don't forget people like that. Love it. You don't forget the stuff like that. I can't say people didn't do that at PWIs, but I'm just going off of my experience at a black college. Traveling to yeah. other black colleges. Come on. It's cracking. Come on. It's cracking. I, can I can't tell you all Come my on. road trips to Howard. My my road trips to uh uh um ANT. Come on. You know, uh Elizabeth City down there, like it's lit. Come on, man. And then I was from California, so that was like the the, love. the icing on the cake. There man. we go. I would do it all over again I for love sure. It. I love it. One thousand percent. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit because all I, right, well, I, let's do I, it. I, I got to jump in, and I love the fact that you are you you a talker, you a communicator, you somebody who can hold a conversation. Um, 
for me, I'm thinking about the influence of L.A. behind creatives. And I think about the most influential people in our city. Okay. Obviously, we have the, the late, great Nip Hustle, who, you know, rest his soul. He, his influence was so heavy on everybody in the city. The to, world, bro. The, bro, everybody the in the world. The world. And, but, but the city, just walking around in the city of L.A. in particular for that first couple of weeks, it felt like everybody lost a personal blood brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's literally how I felt. Um, I felt an emptiness that I've never felt for a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a void. Something's missing. I literally felt like I just lost a family member. What was his influence like while he was living on you? I know that you've worked with him and his team. How did you get that start? And what was his influence like for you when he was here? Um... The... the all right, let's let's go with the how it got started. Um, I used to work at a rental car agency, and then I got promoted to car sales division, and I sold them a car. Um, and we just hit it off like out the gate, like just was like shooting the shit, you know. You know, you buying a car, it's a process. It's Absolutely. not like buying yeah, a pair of you, shoes. You ain't in and out. Um, so we talked about music, but I was very intentional in my conversation with him. I did not let him know I was a DJ. Mm. So I just let him thought, like, you know, we, oh, I know a couple of mutual homies, you know, I grew right, up in right, the area, right. went to Westchester. Um, but he knew I was intelligent. Right. And one of the first things he, he like, told me what he liked about me, this is, like, within my first day of meeting him was wow. my spirit discernment. Love it. And he picked up on it. I was like, oh, shit. Like, this mm. nigga tapped in. Yeah, he tapped in. Because I grew up in the church, and I know what that means. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And for him to pick that quality out in me, like, that shit was mm. deep just right then and there. Mm. Um, so we stayed in contact over the years. You know, I stayed in contact with his team. And um, his boy, G.I. Joe, that's my big homie right there. Like, we go back. You know, um, when he was first getting started with his rap career, like, you know, uh, I would play his music and, like, support him mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, help him out, like, get interviews and stuff like that. And I was DJing on air, and I get a, a DM, like, yo, bro, um, you available? Uh, we got this show in Denver with this, Nip. This, this your boy? G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, G.I. Joe. He hit me in a DM. I'm like, what? I'm like, well, I'm spinning right now. I'm going to hit you when I'm done. He like, bet, come by the studio. Man, I went by the studio after I was done. He gave me all the details. Road manager hit me the next day. Bro, I I left my job like I was on the plane and I was out of there. I'm out of there. I'm out of there. <laughs> I'm, out of there. I'm gone. I, I was out of there. I'm and I was just uh, so thankful for the opportunity because like that just put me around like people that, that, that were from where I'm from mm -hmm. that's like has this impact on society. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a rap artist, you know, Rap concerts are a lot different Absolutely. than EDM concerts, yeah, 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 yeah. Than, than house concerts I've attended, R&B concerts. Right. So you just learn how how to navigate. And no matter what, Nip was, like, very professional. Mm -hmm. um, I remember times, like, he would be, like, the first person there at, at uh, rehearsals, you know, like, being there before, shit, like, the pe other people that are supposed to be That's there. That's wild. Um, he liked doing stuff early in the morning though. I'm mm -hmm. not a morning person by yeah. any means. So I would probably just stay up and thug it out. 
Um, but you know, and then he had his team members around him. Uh, shout out to Jade at the Marathon Store, always tapped in with us. Uh, when they had the opening, I oh, yeah, man, come bring out the food trucks because you know that's what I do as well. Right. I have a relationship with a lot of food truck, uh, black food truck owners in LA. Mm -hmm. And um, he like, yeah, man, bring out all flavor, no grease. Right. Um, we're doing this this weekend. Bring out the truck. Bring out the truck. Uh, we need catering for this. And um, I have a relationship with his DJ, DJ VIP. That's the big homie, too. And just being tapped in and just just he was that beacon of light that just like always like had that go, mm. that go mode. You know, of course, there's things that you stumble upon. There's obstacles you come right. to in life. But like he was always like the, the go, mm. like just always, always the go and being intentional. But have a plan right you know it's one thing when an artist says oh new music dropping friday check out the link in my bio but it's another thing when the artist has a press release uh album listening session the djs get the dj packets um there's visuals for it there's merch to be sold with it like he was very 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 uh far advanced yeah, yeah. yeah very intentional and Man, it was just so those were things that I, I took away from him and the motivation that he brought to me was just like being intentional, um, being very strategic. Mm -hmm. And man, you you literally could have everything you need right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Like that's where the term all money in comes in. Like yeah. as a DJ, you know, I I could book myself, obviously well, I keep saying obviously, but have a manager, have somebody like Put people around you that are excellent at what they do, and you learn from them. Mm. But like my big homie Gabe told me, you want to do as much as you can by yourself for as long as you can, so that way you have the knowledge. So when it's time for you to put somebody in position and do that for you, you know their job too. Come on, Jack, and mm -hmm. they it's a level of respect because you started at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you like, oh, King, like man, send out these email blasts for me, and I've never done it for myself. Mm -hmm. There we go. Because you're gonna look at me like, nigga, you don't even know go. what you're talking there about. There we go. There we go. So by doing a lot of things by myself and for myself, I, I understand that. So now when there's time to have things done, send W9s and send riders and stuff. I know how to articulate like how it needs to be Got done because I've done it. I love it. Because I've done it. But that just comes from having the experience of doing things by yourself and then getting that knowledge mm -hmm. and that know-how to put the right people right. to do that for you. I and, love it. Because as you can see, the legacy still booming. It's booming like it ain't never... It, it's still... It, what? It never got altered. Even, it's yeah. even more now. Check out Vector90. Check out yeah. the things that are going yeah. on in our community, right. bro. Right. Like, all of this stuff, fruition. Like, right. when I had a conversation with a friend of mine and I was all like, we were just trying to figure out what type of effect Nip's passing was going to have on the world. And I was like, man, that shit going to have like the Jesus effect. Yeah. Think about it, bro. Jesus died forever ago, right? Yeah. To this day, we still talk about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so same thing with Nip. Just think about how many more people got inspired, mm -hmm. how many more people talked about continuing the marathon, how many more people started businesses, how many more people uh, uh, just got put on to him. Right. How right. many more fans he gained how many more people respected his legacy mm. after his passing mm. you know what i mean so i'm a firm Dude. believer everything happens for a reason mm. but like that shit was just kind of tough but look at look at so many more things that have been done afterwards after you know his passing. and it's just 
You just got to, you know, stay humble and, and keep it pushing and just know what your marathon is. Right. You know, a lot of people, they feel like continuing the marathon is um, starting a business. Mm. That could be the case, but if that's could not, not your, yeah, like yeah. to me, continuing the marathon is like making sure you register to vote. Mm-hmm. Making sure you're showing up for jury duty mm. and being active. Well, damn. How many times have have you know you you might have had a uh, say that jury duty one again? Man, you got look at go. that camera right there. Let these go niggas to know. Jury duty. Hey, let these niggas know to go to jury duty, man. Because we be getting them summonses at vote, the house. Man, we put them on a the refrigerator, and we'll never go to that shit. Go Come to jury on, duty. Man. 12, Get out there. I want twelve people. Duty. I go to jury duty all the time. I go to jury duty, bro. But uh, that's continuing the marathon. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like we need to see us in that juror box. Right. We need to have our voice in these rooms. Positions of power is what my man Sam. Place yourself in positions of Come power. On. Don't talk about you want change, but you're not putting yourself in position to actually make Come on, man. change. That's what my brother is saying. We don't. We don't even go to the. We don't even go to the community meetings. Mm. We don't even go to the city council meetings. We don't even go to the meetings that predict our future. That's right. We'll be the first ones to jump up and talk about gentrification, but we had the opportunity to have our voice heard and be a part, literally be a part. And we have the power. And guess Come what on, else bro. we have? Black folks, we actually have the discipline as a people to do things as a collective. Yes, sir. 1,000%. Like, like, don't believe me? Look at them long-ass lines at Popeye's. I don't want to talk about pop. Huh? Long ass lines full of black folks, full of black and brown folks. But that just goes to show you what power we hold literally in our hands when we come together to put our money, to put our voices, to put our energy towards something. Take that same energy, those same lines and go put it towards voting is what my brother is saying right now. Man, big time. I got something even bigger than that. Talk about it. So I'm Greek. I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Yo to the noobs. Let me just say this before you go there. Okay. Because one dream of mine as a young black man, I always wanted to pledge for a fraternity. You understand what I'm saying? Be, be visuals. Like, but I didn't go to college. But I always saw that culture as like, yo, I really want to be a part of that. Yeah, man. Is, is there any applications for niggas that, that didn't go to college? Can we can we pay our way up in that motherfucker? Can we holler at somebody who probably up in there? Can we sign up somewhere? You know what I'm saying? Is it a website, nigga? Can we, you know what I'm saying? Nothing like that? No? Definitely not. Okay, well, shit. Go on. Keep doing what you was doing. Go ahead. Right, keep doing no what problem. you was doing. <laughs> um, there, was, there was a show that was pitched to the network, to VH1. I think Viacom had owned the rights at the time. Okay. Long story short, it's about sorority sisters. Yep. And I think only two episodes aired, and everybody in the Greek community was like offended mm. by the content and what was shown about the Greek letter organizations. They went to Twitter. They lit up the sponsors, bro. Do you mm. know they got a whole TV show removed? Come on. Do you know how hard? First off, do you know how hard it is? Could imagine. They they already filmed the budget, mm. the the the. The producers, bro, the production, everything that goes into a television show Go to on. get a TV show pulled get off the of air hmm. because of how we feel. Power. That's power. Stop talking to That's me. power. We could do anything. Absolutely. We could. We literally could do anything. What's stopping us from doing anything? Ourselves. Okay. How Ourself. so? Oh, simple. Um, we all think what we're doing is bigger than the program. That's... It's, it's not science. Say it again. We all think 
like what we're doing is bigger than the program. Well, I'm a DJ. I should go first. Oh, I have a hundred thousand followers. Mm. I need to go there first. We go. Well, I'm a single dad with three kids. I should. I deserve this. No, bro. Like it's a group effort. Teamwork make the dream work. If you do your role, if your role is to start the cameras, if your role is to start the lights, if right. your role is to make sure this shit work, if your role is to get the coffee, like everybody Execute. do their role. Teamwork. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We get in our own way. Yeah. It's it's not rocket science. Yeah. It's is none of that, bro. Is 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 we just think what we're doing is bigger than the program. Do you what, what is that a testament to? How long lack of what, discipline. A lack of discipline. But what see, cause me, I'm a digger. So what's under the discipline? How long has this been happening? When did this start as a people? Because we seem to be the only people Ooh, who have an issue with it, right? So I want to know when did this start? as a people to where we became a self-serving and self-loathing people to where we don't care about the, the the progress of the group. We care more so about the points we putting up if we speaking in a sports term. When did that start for us? How can we combat something for me that's been around 400 years potentially? At what point do we start? Mm. Do we start to educate our grandparents? Shit, do we start to educate our parents? Because we have to at some point stop this learning cycle of toxicity, right? So, so we have to stop educating our kids on things that were educated to us, even, even though they were toxic, even though that form of learning doesn't work, even though that form of living doesn't work, we have to at some point stop the cycle. I feel like it's just spinning and I feel like it's been spinning for hundreds of years. How do we stop that? Where did that start? What, what, what's that's, that, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's where my mind deep, goes, right? Because here's why I say that's deep, because after slavery mm -hmm. there was a huge upbringing of black businesses yes, black communities black banks hospitals hotels black wall street booming pretty much right yep i don't know when and where it started to separate mm. um because even if you look at old soul train videos from the 70s right like you see the camaraderie you mm -hmm. see the love you also see how lean we were mm. as a as a people. That's real. You know, um, it was like a lot of products we put in our body was more pure. Mm. Um, we were loving on ourselves. We were happy. We were uplifting each other. Everything was yeah. power to the people. There you know, brother love, sister love. Like our families were bigger. Mm. So I don't know if drugs played into that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if if money played into that look at these big prisons taking the dad out the homes uh these, these you know the three strike law came out bill clinton the whole little nine you know drug on war uh war on drugs i just don't know when it happened nine. because yeah. at the same time different angles at the same time black people didn't stop getting money you know it's just a matter of what are we doing with we our doing money with it? Yeah. you know like it's not like we're not getting employed now, some can argue we're not getting the same amount as our, you know, uh, non-African-American counterparts, which is true, very true. Or even for our women, they're not getting paid what nice. they what they deserve. Right. That's just going to be an ongoing battle. And there's a lot of organizations out there doing what they do to fight that. But it's just hard to like pinpoint what time, what point in time did that start because i don't know bro yeah. like that's a tough it's question. disheartening man I, I hate to see it as a people i really really do it hurts my heart but we just gotta do our part that's right and, and just hold ourselves accountable hold our circle 
accountable. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, um, we will be all right. Absolutely. Like we, we definitely will. Um, I think, man, it's tough to say, bro. Cause like, I feel like we're moving forward. We're, we're still breaking down a lot of doors and a lot of like yeah. the, the first Af- African American to do this and do that. Like, it's still a lot of first, bro. Segregation Absolutely. ended like what, 1965, yep. 55? Yes, Come on, bro. I was born in 86. Come on. Yeah. Segregation, we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, man. But I will say this, and this is from me to anybody that's listening. If you take race out of the equation, you take gender out of the equation yes sir you do what you're supposed to do yes sir you don't get sidetracked by those things like when things go left i rarely say it's because i'm black there we go you know like i rarely say because i'm a male you know yeah i I, like but that's how i live though that's my point of view that's my lens you know i'm from los angeles like we grew up in a melting pot i had white friends i had mexican friends latino friends you know um Westchester. I went to Westchester High School. Yeah. When I got there, African Americans, we were the minority. By the time I graduated, we were the majority. And then I go out to a black college in Virginia, though. Come on. So still, you know, getting all these all these experiences, but my I'm a very optimistic person. And the last thing I I'm gonna say is like Oh, this happened to me because I'm black. That's this right. happened to me because I feel like it's a, that's an easy cop out. It's an easy cop out to say that for me. Don't right? I'm not saying it doesn't yeah, happen, not, but of like, course, yeah, but to, man, to rely like, on it's, that, it's like, and we we both, I'm sure we both mutually know people who use that for everything. Yeah, it's like man. you know what I'm saying, and like oh the system, like no bro, yeah. you broke the law. That part, like that part. you did, like even when when people do hashtags free free such and such free this person free that person like like, i don't do that i don't participate in that especially if i know like that person did whatever they went to jail for like nah bro you did that i'll see you when you get out yeah sit your ass i'll I'll tap in right right you know it's no love lost but i don't judge you i'm still gonna have that love for you like when you get out or like if family need you know i'm gonna step up and do what i'm supposed to do yeah but at the end of the day like we gotta be accountable like Mm -hmm. At, at what point do we hold ourselves accountable? Right, right, you know, right. oh, I can't get a job because of X, Y, and Z. Well, go start your own. Go start your own shit up. Or, or go work for a company that hire felons. Right. There's plenty of programs out here, but we don't have the discipline to go and find those programs. Or those programs aren't as available to us, mm-hmm. but we're not looking for them either. Mm-hmm. We just at home with the homies, you know. Right, right, Rolling right. up, smoking right. the backwoods. Right, facts. And complaining. Absolutely. So, have you ever had, I'm sure you have, but I want to dive into it. Have you had a scenario with you being a DJ and you've been a full-time DJ, you mentioned, for now two years? Three. But throughout three years now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had moments in this journey to where you didn't have the equipment that you probably have now. You Because I hear a lot of people complaining about, well, I want to do this, but I don't have this in order to get started. How important is it to just get started, right? Or do you have the type of mindset to where what you need is going to come along the journey or you feel like I have to have it all together before I move forward. What do you say to those people? Stop making excuses. There we go. You know, um, stop getting in your own way. I still practice on the turntables I bought from somebody off of Craigslist. Mm. I practice with those. They're, you know, they're lower tier, but they work. Right. They serve their purpose. Um, 
as far as like having everything together, I'm not going to say you're never going to have anything together, but get as much as you can and then work towards that. Right. Because it's a lot of marketing things that I want for my business as a DJ, but I haven't got the money to buy it, but I'm not making an excuse. Like, I'm going to work harder. Okay, I got paid 500 Let me put away uh, 30% for rent. Right. Let me put uh, 10% away from myself so I could go to, um, you know, go out to eat. You know, let me put this percentage away for bills. Let me put this percentage away from my savings. Let me put this percentage in the tides, you know, mm-hmm. and, and do that every time. Mm. Um, but the whole equipment thing, you know, people... It took me some years before I even bought speakers, mm. you know, and then um, I did one big gig and all the money I made for that weekend, I just went and ran and bought speakers. Love it. Love it. Um, but if you have the right people around you, there we go. the tools you need, they'll be accessible to you. Gotcha. Those, 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 uh, the equipment pieces that you want, gotcha. they'll be around, you know, like mm. a lot of these, like to this day, I might hit up artistic, bro. Let me get the turntables this weekend. Right. Or I might hit up my boy, hey, Space Jam, James, let me, can you go set up for me? Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, all that is just excuses, bro. I, I, I don't be trying to hear that shit. I agree. I agree. I don't sit there with the straight face with yeah, it in the back yeah, yeah. of my head. I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, it's just too many resources out here. Like, right. we got Amazon, bro. That part. <laughs> you got Amazon. This shit going to be at real. your house tomorrow. That's real. Order that thing. Tomorrow. Yeah. You real. order it now, they, they entice you. Yeah. That shit's going to be there. That part. 3 p.m. That part. I don't want to hear it. Come on. Yeah. And it's not like if I could do it, you could do it, bro. How bad do you want this? Yeah, I've had people. How bad do you want your dream? How, how bad do you want your dream? Touch on that. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to sacrifice? Who are you going to put around you? Mm. What are you going to... What standards are you going to hold yourself to? Mm. You know, like, what are you going to do? It's about you. This is your life. Mm. This is literally your life, bro. Yeah. Like, you have full control. You're the author. Come on, man. You're yeah. the author. You're the producer. You're the director. You're, you're the screenwriter. Right. You're the grip. You're the actor. That's right. You're the, you're the craft services That's guy. That's right. You you know you the fire marshal making sure is is the the walkway clear on that set. Part. This is your life. This is your time. Mm. Make it like make that shit count. That's right. You know how many people are dead, bro? Come on, I like, think about it daily. Come on, bro. Be My visuals. dad passed I think about it every in, day. in 2012, bro. It's so much to do. You know how many times yeah. people, they like, oh, I don't talk to my mom. I don't talk to my dad. What? That's crazy. Are you, what, nigga? Crazy. What? Mm. Our parents are getting old. We getting older. Yeah. And we don't have time for that, bro. It's, it's Our mission is too fragile right now mm-hmm. to be not focused and honed in with the bond with family to excel you to the next level. Mm-hmm. The last thing you need is problems at home. Yeah. The last thing you need is problems in a relationship. Right. The last thing you need is beef with siblings. The last thing you need. Anything that's going to take you away from you focusing on the, on the mission. Yeah, bro. All that shit is obsolete. Yeah. But you talking to somebody with a small family, but yeah. those are things and those are qualities that add to my success. There we go. Because it literally, because guess what? 
my mom's sacrifice, that shit was bigger than her. It was about my dream. Mm-hmm. I've traveled to places. I've DJed in places my mom only heard about. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't have been able to do that without her sacrifices. Yeah. Without the sacrifices my family made picking me up from school. Right. You know, making sure I had money in my pocket when right. I was in, in college. Mm-hmm. You know, without having people looking out for me, for me to be able to be in the position. It goes back to what we were saying, bro. Like, nobody's bigger than the program. Facts. Facts. Like, so now... It's my turn to do the same thing. Take my mom and, and you know, show her different things. There we go. Take take my little cousin that's in, in college and give him some advice that's that right. I wish somebody gave me and that's different right. things like that. Like, it's, what are you going to do? Like, this is your life. This is your family. No, we didn't get to pick them, but make the best out of the cards mm-hmm. that you was dealt, bro. There we go. There Today. We go. Mm-hmm. Not tomorrow. Oh, that's another thing, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Come on. I don't. Speak I don't I that. don't need the date to change for me to do something I could do today. You could do that today. That's O U T. Come on. That's O U T. Come on. Like what? Yeah. We got I got two. I'm waiting for January first to set these goals, nigga. All right, cuz you keep huh? you keep waiting. Huh? They say they say they waiting they say they waiting a, a month and a half to set these goals for next year. I start my diet on Monday. Nah man, start, start today. Shit start right now. now. Start right now. What are we waiting for? Yeah, what you waiting on? As long as you got, bro, listen, I could do anything I want to in the world. As long as I got Wi-Fi and a phone charger. <laughs> that part. It's nothing that to part. talk about. That part. I, I really don't even need my laptop. That part. Yeah. So anything that just comes along is excuses. Anything mm-hmm. is just getting in our way. We talk ourselves out of stuff. Come on. Like, about to go to up. You know how many guys talk themselves out of situations with young ladies? Come on. So imagine what we do internally to pursue our dreams. Come on. We talk ourselves out. We tell ourselves no. How many times have you gone to the club with your homies mm. and y'all didn't pay to get in, but you just said, we just going to try. That part. And you try versus like, That's y'all got the, you got the group text. That's like, man, real. we going out tonight. Nah, I ain't going. I ain't got That's no real. You What if somebody you ain't taking try, big dog? Try. You could have seen DJ Lee double Lee motherfucker Lee up in this motherfucker. Right. Be visuals probably was up in there. Huh? Enjoying themselves, having a good time, <laughs> but but because you told yourself no, yes sir. Now what? You that part. Home. That part. That's so crazy. Watch man. a basic cable with us. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's real though. Stop playing. That's man. real. I gotta ask you one more question, and it's so funny. I'm sitting here listening to you think, listening to you talk, and I'm thinking to myself, I think you're the first guest that we've had on here. To where I honestly feel like I don't need to do much talking. I feel like a complete student while you're talking. <laughs> Bro, I'm in full sponge mode. Like, I'm taking it all in. And I oftentimes find myself with me being a speaker and an influencer and somebody who's always in front of the camera and on stage and, and someone who's putting together curriculums for people and listening to people and holding consultations for people and presenting workshops and helping people get through things. I oftentimes find myself learning while I'm giving advice. Mm-hmm. In this scenario, I find myself just straight up like... Bro, I'm just in sponge mode. And and this is a testament as to why we even started this podcast. You know what I'm saying? If I feel like this and I'm doing things within my purpose, imagine how people are going to feel when they tune into this episode who have no idea what their purpose is or they have an idea what it is, but they haven't been trusting it. And they get these pieces of advice that you're shooting. So for me, I say thank you for not only myself, but on behalf of everybody who's going to tune into this, your transparency, your authenticity, your generosity, your 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 empathy, it shows while you talk. Thank your, you, bro. Your, your gratitude, your spirit is straight humble. I love it, bro. I absolutely love it. And I know that you're here for an absolute reason. I have to ask this question, though, before you leave. 
I've been dealing with what I've been calling be visuals. Simone, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've been telling the people it's a new season. Huh? I've been telling the people it's a new season right now, which yeah. means that King Q was moving different. Yeah, King Q was saying no to things he don't usually say no to. King Q is yeah. very focused on what it is that he wants and, and, and he's ready and willing to make the hard decisions that he hasn't been willing to make within the past few years. And what I mean by that is losing very, 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 very close friends, potentially, according to what I know my worth is. It's okay. As a speaker, as an influencer, people, as an event producer, as a host, people constantly want to ask for my services, but ask for it at a, at a, at a discounted rate to the point to where it's insulting. How do you, I know you've dealt with it. You a DJ. Yeah. How have you, and you've had different price points along your journey. You haven't had the same price point for nine years. Definitely not. How have you been able to transition and to go and, and to level up and to use your experience as leverage in order to say, look, that's not what I get paid no more. This is what it is. Don't matter how close we are. How have you been combating that with, with friends and family members? Man, the, the work speaks for itself. So what it's tough is is really really tough because what happens is when you do get to a certain point where you are getting a book by afrotech yeah budweiser lyft uh banana republic these are all actual clients i have like mm -hmm. i got invoices Love it. to prove Love it, it right hbo when you have clients like that and people see the work that you're doing they gotta respect it. They have to. So they come at you different. Right. True enough. But what happens is by doing those things, there's other sectors around those events, those type of people that are attached to that and that come with that. What I'm saying is like minded people know like minded people. So don't be discouraged. Mm -hmm. Use that as fuel, mm -hmm. you know, and People really don't understand. A lot of times, some stuff is really not what it looks like. It's really a look, but it's for you to make that sacrifice and that play as a professional and what you do to get you to that next level. Perfect example. If 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 I get a phone call, hey, L-Double, we need you on set for five hours, right? But I might get, what, like 300, 400? For five hours, I might just be standing on set and then it ends up being an eight hour day, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm on TV for like 30 seconds. Well, now I could charge the next person there we go. There 400 we go. an hour, 500 an hour, right? Love it. So what happens is though on the back end, when people see you do certain events like that, they afraid to approach you because they feel like they can't afford you. There we go. And so you have to continuously remind people and remind them like, hey, I do do birthdays. I do do, you know, weddings. I do do, you know, things that aren't as big because at the same time, what I say earlier, it's about the music. It's not about there we me. Go. There we go. So I don't get offended because I really had to understand the fact that people really don't know any better. Mm. And and oftentimes people don't book DJs a lot. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation, my manager had a conversation with somebody that was like, they've never had to book a DJ before, but they heard me and they want to book me. How do they go about it? Mm. You know, and then that's just where the negotiation skills come in right. and the, the professionalism and finding a way to tell someone no, but still offer them a solution. 
they'll respect you a lot more and they'll remember you a lot more. There we go. So if somebody say L double, you know, um, the budget is X, Y, and Z, I'll say, well, this is what I can do for that budget. You know, they could say per all total example, they could say we got $500 for five hours, but you got to bring equipment. I'll say, mm, what type of event it is, how many people are going to be there. Cause now I'm trying to calculate of course. the chances of me getting booked again. Mm-hmm. Um, do they normally throw events? Am I going to be their first call? And I'm, am I going to be a preferred vendor? Yep. What are the other people that are going to be there? Are there going to be people in the music industry, event planners? There we go. Uh, diversity and, in, and inclusion coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to be in the room? Yeah. To make it worth my while. Absolutely. You know, because sometimes you might just catch me on a good day. I'm like, man, oh, it's going to be X, Y, and Z there. And this is going to take place. I'm going to be in front of like 5,000 people. Okay, yeah, I could do it for this rate. Gotcha. You know, but... That's just what happens. Um, you just gotta, you just gotta keep keep going. Yeah, I know it sounds redundant, but like it's the truth. That's, that's really it's the all truth. it is. That's like, all it it's, is. It's nothing yeah. more. Like, mm-hmm. don't think nothing more of it. Don't dig deeper into it because it'll keep you up at night. It's kept me up at night. How family members get married and they don't reach out to me to DJ. Mm-hmm. How friends have events. Or throw events or sponsor events or they how friends, friends and homies work for big companies and they don't call you to DJ a holiday party or whatever event they have. Like these are people, they might not be necessary in position to hire you, but they know somebody in the company that handles that, but they don't call you, but they know your worth and they know your work. Right. You know, now imagine feeling that, mm-hmm. but there's better blessings that come along and it's just, it's just way, it's 10 times better than what right. I thought. And you know what that season is that we're in right now? Yes, sir. Season of harvest, bro. It's harvest season. <laughs> Fuckers. I told y'all I felt something. Stop playing with me. It's That's harvest it. season. It's harvest season. Come on now. Come on. I've, I've all, been all feeling caps. it, bro. I've been feeling that's, it. That's that's all it is, man. Just Big just ha- just have just have your arms open and man and, like and just and just receive it. Don't get in the way of nothing. Come don't on. don't overdo nothing. Stay don't humble. overthink nothing. Stay humble. Stay true to yourself, cause cause it's gonna flourish for you. Yes, sir. And it's gonna happen. And guess what's gonna come? The overflow. And it's not. You know what? I take that back. It's not even overflow. It's what you're over. It's like what's past that's what you, due. That's what you do. Yeah. And, and you just all like, yeah, all right. And you just keep walking, just collecting and collecting. But as you walking and you collecting, you blessing other people too. That's right. You So That's when, the when I get the call, everybody that was down, hey, artistic, like, can you help me out with this? Like, he getting some bread. Love it. Hey, um, photographer, homie, like, can, I got this event. I'm putting everybody you on. Everybody who invested. Because I remember, I remember when I was doing events and I tried to figure out who was I going to have shoot. You know, I needed the content. Who was going to yeah. be my photographer? Who was going right. to be my videographer? Facts. Now we got a whole budget. Big time. For all of that. Yeah, everybody, everybody humming. Mm-hmm. But it, you got to understand, you just got to be patient. You, but it's hard telling people to be patient when, when, when the they account, got bills racking when up. When they count zero. Yeah, exactly. When they count zero, when it's a negative and you're trying to impress a young lady or you're trying to yeah. impress a young man or you're trying to provide for your family. It's hard to tell people to be patient. But yeah. if you could just hold fast and just wait, wait, wait it out because the season of harvest is going to come. Like, this is what has to happen. Yeah. 
you know, I don't it's know small. what people faith is, but like in yep. the in the Bible, when when it rains and you plant seeds, like shit grow. It has to. That's the only way our system works. Our ecosystem works that way. If I invest in you and I watch you, I help you plant your seed. I help you grow. That's right, you, bro. You gonna blossom? Absolutely. It's gonna happen. Hundred percent. Now, what you do after you blossom? Hey, that's on that's you, on Jack. You. But you gonna blossom? You gonna blossom? That's but right. if you blossom and all the other people around you are blossoming and flourishing, mm -hmm. guess what? It taught. It goes back to what we talked about earlier being where you're supposed to be at the right time yes sir you know being around like-minded people and, That's right. and just being being in your season holding each other accountable as well as huge too for your circle discipline yeah and, and having fun man don't i'm the i'm the fun guy but i don't like going out come on Kawhi. Huh? <laughs> come on Kawhi. Like, i'll rather huh? i'll rather i'll rather us be like yeah bro we about to go to mexico we about right, to go right, to costa right. rica like, right I'm not, I don't drink, so me spending money on alcohol and bottle like dude, we don't need. I that. saw you with 15 of the homies in Bangkok. Yeah, you yes, did. Yes, sir. Come on, I do my research, bro. Yeah, come on. Now. <laughs> I, do my, I do my I do my research, big dog. Yeah, I, I do my research. Yeah. Yeah. I said, look at the homies out here, but but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, man. Um, th this has been an experience. This has been a bless. It's been a treat to have you here, bro. Man, I'm just I glad to share you. the wealth, man. I appreciate teamwork. You. Make the dream come work, Jack. And we here. And, and and I love it when I connect with somebody who I've been having a feel for in the community. <laughs> We've been seeing each other in passing, yeah. but to sit sit and learn from each other, to drop gems, to inspire the people together, which is that's why we here, bro. That's what it's all about. Um, to plant those seeds within the people. That's all we've been doing basically, right? This whole episode. It's beautiful to be able to do that with a like mind. What another, gotta be frank, what another young black man with a head on his shoulders, with clear direction in terms of where he's going. It's an honor. I feel like I'm looking in the mirror when I hear you speak. That's why right, it's very bro, same, easy. Man, same. It's, it's so easy for me to be able to be quiet and, and, and to learn <laughs> because I feel like I'm just like watching myself. Um, so it's been humbling, humbling my main man double l double yeah, in the building l double um before we end out every single episode with the unselfish behavior podcast we have our guests look at this camera right here yeah and you end out with what we call an unselfish message for my main man l double Ooh. basically an unselfish message is the message that you want to end the episode off with the, la the lasting thing that you want to uh allow the, the the listeners and the viewers to remember from everything from this episode or just the lasting message that you want them to remember that's associated with you man unselfish message believe in you just believe in you stay the course don't be afraid to ask for help don't let your ego get in the way don't be afraid to to use contacts save contacts and ask for help and and offer services you know even if you're not getting paid and just network and make it happen because when when that time come and everybody come together and they doing what they supposed to be doing in life like it's it's gonna be a blessing unto you so i'll just say man uh stay down with that generational wealth and believe in you you go a long way jack believe that but my man jack believe that you know what i'm saying it was again an honor my main man thank you for L having double. me bro thank like, you for coming bro i love what you're you doing man you, you, you need more thank like you, you thank like you. for real man thank you, well, whatever i could do to help you know my push God. this message my and see you you know do what my you're God. supposed to do like bro it's, it's well nothing. Received, i'm a text brother. message away bro well received like, i appreciate that straight bro. up and like, that's vice versa you got to know that you got to know that's vice versa reciprocity is everything for me hey give i give we grow together
Boom, boom, boom. Teamwork like make the dream work, Make man. the dream work, baby, and we here. So that's the Unselfish Behavior Podcast. We always got to shout out my yeah. main man, B Visuals. B Visuals. You already know. Yeah, Jack, this we is, appreciate this is you, literally, man, it all This up. is literally Making a me B look good Visuals under this lighting. production. You got to understand that. The people got to understand that, right? Yeah. So that's my brother, B Visuals. We always got to shout him out before the episode ends. And you already know, until next time, keep tuning in. We only getting bigger. We only, only getting, getting better. bigger, man. Y'all got to understand. We hey, we got a one-way ticket to the nowhere. top. Come on, that part. Yeah. That part. <laughs> Believe that. And we out. Yeah, West Coast. Yeah, yeah.